Hi everyone, I'm your host, Jaco Selka, and you are listening to Hopefully Sustainable. Each week, I'm going to talk to extraordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a more sustainable place. My goal is for this episode to leave you feeling hopeful about an idea, a person, or the world in general. Thank you for joining me in this conversation, and all together we can be hopefully sustainable. Hi everyone, thank you for listening to Hopefully Sustainable today. I'm super excited for today's episode because we have made it to episode number 10. To celebrate the 10th episode, I wanted to do something fun, so today I'm introducing you to five of my greatest friends. I think it's really important to surround ourselves with people who inspire us, people who challenge us, and people who just in general bring joy to our lives. And that's who these five ladies are to me. I'm excited for you all to meet Mackenzie, Kat, Megan, Becca, and Nicole. In today's episode, we are talking about everything from how they have been sustainable during this time to how they are remaining hopeful. Remember, if you want to support the podcast, leave a review and share your favorite episode with family and friends. As you listen to this episode, I hope you learn something new and find hope and inspiration from the incredible work that these ladies are doing to make the world a more sustainable place. Let's get started. Welcome, Mackenzie. I'm so excited that you're here today. Mackenzie is one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And I first met her during our internship for the UGA Office of Sustainability. And I'm so thankful that the internship brought us together. So Mackenzie, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, Jacob. Thanks so much for having me. Um, My name is Mackenzie. I work in digital marketing at Georgia Pacific. But before that, I interned at the Office of Sustainability and worked in social marketing there. Awesome. Yes, you did such a great job for the Office of Sustainability. (laughs) I'm interested, how did you first become interested in sustainability and decide to pursue an internship with the office? That's a really good question. Um, I think I was really lucky to be taught a lot about sustainability at a young age. So both my parents uh, were super involved in sustainability. We grew up going to national parks and learning about conservation. Um, And then my mom would reuse everything. Like she would use a single Ziploc bag for multiple years. So we were taught (laughs) to recycle and the importance of reuse uh, growing up. That's great. I love that. It was so ingrained in you from such a young age because I think I also was have a similar story. My parents also taught us to recycle, but I definitely really got involved in sustainability once I got to UGA. Um, and I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to take so many different sustainability classes and do the internship. And it definitely impacted both of us in a big way, I know. So since sustainability was so ingrained in your life growing up from a young age, how are you being sustainable during this time? And has the pandemic affected your ability to be sustainable? Um, I think that's a great question. The pandemic has, I think, forced a lot of people to get real with the amount of waste that we're creating because we're at home 100% of the time. So um, I don't know about you, but... I'm still creating tons and tons of waste, even when I'm being mindful of recycling. And um, I thought about something that I could be doing a little bit better, and it's probably uh, concerning food waste. So I love grocery shopping. Like I love trying new things at Trader Joe's, but it's <laughs> something I'm trying really hard to do this month is to eat every single thing I have in my fridge and then in my pantry oh, wow. um, before I go out and buy new things. So <laughs> to be honest, it's kind of fun because it leads you to create 
these really weird creative meals because <laughs> you have to work with what you have. But um, I think it's actually helping. Like I've noticed a lot less food waste in my house, um, a lot less trash. So if you're looking for and I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I actually just saw something today about how many carbon emissions are related just to food waste alone. And it's incredible how much of an impact food waste has on the environment because it's all sitting in the landfill, just emitting methane and contributing to greenhouse gases. So I think that's a really great step. And now that we're, a lot of us are mostly just stuck at home, we have the time to really be mindful of what's in our fridge and what we're eating because I feel like a lot of us are cooking a lot more than ever before. Yeah, you're totally right. I think it's awesome. What is a fun creation that you have made with your food waste? <laughs> That's a great question. It's been a lot of stir fry with very random vegetables and like noodles I've had for probably a year, but they still taste <laughs> great. So <laughs> you, you know, you can get creative, but you might find a new favorite recipe. So it's been yeah, fun. that's great advice for everyone. <laughs> so in this time, how are you remaining hopeful or is there something that you have found hope in during this time? Yeah. Um, well, first, I think a lot of things are giving me hope right now. Um, more along the lines of food waste. I think, you know, this is forcing people to get real, like we talked about earlier, and that's reflected in legislation. So um, the law that was recently passed in Vermont that bans food waste um, going into a landfill, I think that gives me a lot of hope. And then second, and more importantly, uh, the fact that people are having conversations like these, I think that's what gives me the most hope. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. And I think that's a really great tip for listeners is just to pay attention to the food that we have in our homes and try to use it and reduce our food waste. So thank you for that advice, Mackenzie. <laughs> awesome, Jacob. Thank you. <laughs> now I am bringing in Kat Shike. Kat is one of my best friends and we really became close during our freshman year at the University of Georgia. And Kat has just truly supported me during this whole podcasting journey from when I first got the idea to releasing the first episode. So I'm really thankful for all of her support. We talk about sustainability all the time, but I don't think I've ever asked you how you first became interested in sustainability. Yeah, so I'm really excited to be here. Um, so when I went to UGA for my first year of college and then I transferred to Georgia Tech, um, and I was looking for a graphic design job on campus and I landed one with um, the Center for Serve, Learn, Sustain. So they do a lot with um, campus involvement and sustainability. So I started meeting like really cool students at Tech who were involved with um, different like organizations related to sustainability. Um, and then I, they were working on the Candida Living Building at the same time I was there. So I was hearing all about that and I was like, this seems really cool. And my major was all related to like business and marketing. So I started to pursue other opportunities related to sustainability and how I could make a career out of it. Um, so after I graduated from tech, I started working at South Face Institute and they do a lot of um, community focused um, and like sustainability work in Atlanta. Um, so I think like from those jobs, I've been able to like meet a lot of really great people and then also try to incorporate different sustainability um, things into my own life. From knowing you and your husband, Noah, I know that you both incorporate all kinds of different aspects of sustainability into your personal lives and into your career fields. But what is one way that you 
describe you and Noah as being sustainable in your daily lives? So we actually just moved to Colorado, but when we were in Atlanta and both of us like transitioning out of school and into jobs, um, we both started bike commuting to work. And I remember at first I was like super nervous about it because there's a lot of things you have to think about. Like, can you wear your work clothes while you're biking? And like, what is the weather like? Um, but my commute was really short, like two and a half miles. So the planning for me was a lot easier. Um, and I found it to be a really great way to start my day off like very positively um, and feel like I'm doing something active, but also like I felt like it was a more sustainable way to get to work. So I think um, with COVID, we, start, we both started working from home. So I wasn't being able to bike anymore. Um, but moving forward, I think we might try to like start biking to the grocery store. Um, we've also like biked to church before. Um, but with that, like you also, you have to think a lot more about what you're going to wear. Um, yeah. cause it's like, I'm not a fan of wearing a dress on a bike. So <laughs> <laughs> I know you mentioned that you were kind of nervous when you were first thinking about starting to bike commute. Do you have any advice for someone who is listening, who's maybe thought about it before or is interested in getting into more biking? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like, um, you have to be pretty comfortable riding, it, well, it depends. You can find a route that's all bike lanes. And that's like the, the best advice I could give is to like find a really good route. But for me, the best option and like the fastest was to go on the roads. So I would just say like practice going on rides and getting used to riding with cars. Um, Cause at first it is like kind of scary, but once you get used to it, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, and I think that is like what hinders a lot of people from bike commuting is like riding on the road. Um, so that's one piece of advice. And then also like having a plan for if it is like warmer out and you might get kind of sweaty. Um, <laughs> like for me at my office, like they were super casual and laid back. So I could like bike and a t-shirt and shorts and change when I got there. Mm. Um, or there are other days where it was cool enough and my ride wasn't long enough that I could just bike and my work clothes, which was like jeans and a nice shirt. Okay. So yeah, I would say like planning is the biggest thing that differs from driving. Okay. And just out of curiosity, what differences have you found between biking in Atlanta versus now biking in your new home of Colorado? Yeah, I would say that people in Colorado, like they're much more used to seeing bikers. Um, and there's also a ton of bike lanes. So it makes it a lot easier to get places and you, you feel a lot more confident. And in Atlanta, it's like, you never know what you're going to get on each road. <laughs> So are you a big proponent for increasing bike lane access and making roads more bike friendly? Yeah, definitely. And I remember like hearing that, you know, we were going to get more bike lanes in Atlanta and that was something that I am really excited about. And I hope that that is something that happens. Um, I know a lot of people can probably use like the Beltline to get places, but once you're off of the Beltline, it gets kind of hard. Um, and then there's also the Path Trail, which is a good route. But, but like besides those two, it's not all of the roads have a bike lane. Um, so it just makes it like a little bit trickier to get from place to place. Yeah. So overall, just planning is definitely the best advice you have for everyone. Yeah. So for the last question, I want to know um, what makes you hopeful or what have you been finding your hope in lately? Yeah. So I think for me, um, my, so at South Face, I was in a fellowship position and I've transitioned to like working for them as a contractor while I'm out here in Colorado. And 
I think for me, it's been really cool to see the different possibilities in the field of sustainability and how you can pursue a job in it. Like even if your background isn't focused on it, because like I know a lot of people who at tech, maybe who did environmental engineering. And so it's easier for them to go into sustainability. And for me, like it was different, but there's still a lot of opportunities and I get to work with like really cool people who are doing projects like related to um, resource efficiency and um, giving grants to nonprofits to help them like conserve water and stuff. So it's been cool for me to use my major of marketing and design um, in like with a company with really like mission-based work um, and helping the environment. So, yeah. yeah, I know we've talked about that before about how you don't necessarily have to have a job that's focused on sustainability or specifically in the sustainability field because you can truly bring sustainability to any job in just talking to your coworkers or like we talked about in a previous episode with Elizabeth Doherty, she noticed that there wasn't sustainability happening in her company, so she started her own program. So you can really just bring it to any job you want, and I think that's really great advice. Yeah, and I think that a lot of, like, also if you do little sustainability things in your own life and you bring that to work, and people will see that. Like, if you're going to work every day bringing all reusable Tupperware, like, people are going to notice that, and you can talk about it, and then maybe they'll start doing it too. Yeah, so starting conversations and just doing little things is definitely a great first step for everybody. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kat, for all of your support for the podcast and for just being a great friend. So thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. All right, now I am talking with Megan Reeves. Megan, I met her at UGA through the Sustainability Certificate. And Megan has just totally influenced my entire sustainability career pathway and just really inspired me in so many different ways. She's one of those people who just makes everyone instantly feel better when they're around her. So I'm really glad that she was able to be on the podcast today. Megan, thank you for being here. Do you want to introduce yourself to all the listeners? Sure. First, thank you so much for having me. I was, man, I still remember when you're talking as a podcast, so to be a guest is, uh, it's such it's an honor. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so I'm Megan Reeves. I went to the University of Georgia, uh, where I got to meet Jaco, um, through the University of Georgia Office of Sustainability. Um, I was the sustainability certificate intern there. It was really neat because it was uh, just beginning. The program was, I, I think it was in its second year. And so neat to be able to meet all these students there at the university who were just so passionate about this and excited to join a program that was so in its beginnings, um, but was able to meet Jaco and all, so many incredible people at the office. And now being out in two years, that's always crazy to say. <laughs> I currently work, I currently work for Cox Enterprises in Atlanta, Georgia with their, um, for Cox Conserves, which is their sustainability team. And I specifically work with their recycling and waste diversion team. So our goal is to t look at anything, any waste our businesses make and see ways that we can divert it from the landfill. So we have a goal to be zero waste to landfill by 2024 and it is right around the corner and we're doing everything we can to just really 
influence the business and amazing to see all the employees join in too and how important it is to them. Wow, that's an incredible goal. And that's so amazing and inspiring how you have found a career in the sustainability field and continued your passion for sustainability after college. And I know you played a huge role in inspiring so many students at UGA to join the sustainability certificate. So I'm actually really interested to find out how you got involved in sustainability in the first place. Yeah, and I that was probably one of my favorite parts of being uh, working for the certificate just because hearing each person's intro into sustainability because that word is just fully loaded in itself just to hear each person's it was neat because each person had something a little different but it all led them to something all passionate about um, for me I think really just growing up we I grew up with Stone Mountain Park as practically my backyard so even after school some days we'd go over there but on the weekends we would hike all the trails. Our dogs would go swimming in the lakes over there. It was just a sweet community. You'd walk around the park and to see everyone just fully enjoy just everything that park had to offer. Just being able to be outside was wonderful. And throughout life, my life, throughout childhood and everything, my parents would take us to national parks and we were just so excited of then picking the next park. Our family would go on a big family vacation um, so I think that's where my passion for the environment came in. I still remember learning about sustainability when I was in middle school and my sister had just gone to college and she was working in their office of sustainability and she actually went to Agnes Scott College, so in Decatur, Georgia. So she was still close by and I remember going around the campus and she mentioned this word that she works in sustainability and I still remember being like, what is that? Like, I, <laughs> I, no, you, I feel like you just hear environment. You never, at first it was like, what is this shiny word of sustainability? And yep. it was really neat to just hear how for her, it was something that everyone, they take part in. So then it is for, for the better good. So it's for everyone. So then as for next generations, we keep this planet in a better way for the next group and for us here. So I think of Stone Mountain Park, everyone enjoyed walking around there and everything. So I think of how we can keep those spaces so everyone has accessibility and is able to enjoy them. And so I think that's when I first peeked into what sustainability was. And for me, then I made my way seeing how I enjoyed it. And um, I think I found my niche when I study communication studies because I enjoy with like with the sustainability certificate, seeing how each person gets there. So being able to communicate to others how it's not just something that you, yes, I'm in recycling, but it's not something you just have to do with recycling or something like that. You can instill this and ingrain it into everything that you do. Yes, that's what I've loved about this podcast is just hearing everyone's different stories and there's so many people working in all different aspects of sustainability. So to hear how each different person gets involved is really interesting to hear. Definitely, yeah. And I totally relate to what you said. I did not learn or hear the word sustainability until I got to college. And I had taken AP environmental science and mm -hmm. always been really interested in the environment. But it's like you said, I had never heard that term sustainability before. And now I feel like there's so many young people 
who are already familiar with the word and are already out there being activists for a more sustainable world. Yeah. So it's really amazing to see the change even just from us being older to yes. what the younger generation is doing now. Definitely. No, I love that. So you are living sustainably in your job and your personal life in pretty much every aspect of your life. <laughs> I'd love for you to talk about one way that you are being sustainable during this time. Yeah. Um, I think, I think one of the best things I kind of going back to what I had said earlier, it's, I've learned that it's not, there's not one path to being sustainable. And so for me, I think right now it's listening to what others are doing. So for instance, your podcast, for me, this is great because I'm introduced to topics that I had never thought of, or maybe I didn't dive deeper into it. And so for me, it's reading or listening and finding avenues where it might not be my everyday avenue, but then I know I'll be conscious of it when maybe I come into that. So like, for instance, with like fast fashion or the fashion industry, um, when I go to buy clothes, then I now have another level where I step back and think, okay, you, you now understand these different things and you've heard them. So how can you apply it here instead of just clicking a button and just say bye? Um, so for me, I think it's really recently taking a step back and listening to these avenues. So for me right now, it's listening to this podcast and any <laughs> other avenues I um, hear. But yeah, just, I mean, it excites me because the enthusiasm then from others, it's just so contagious because then I'm like, oh, man, I could dive into that or maybe this. And then it, I, I feel like the, it's just contagious then to outwards. I think something positive that has come from the pandemic is that a lot of us do have a little extra free time or have the privilege to have this free time. And we can take that time to learn something new. And even though there's a lot of negativity in the world around us, we can look to all these different news sources and learn all of the positive things that are happening in the world, which is a really great thing that you brought up. Definitely. No, I'm excited to be able to, like you said, have that time to look into other things. So like I said, there can be a lot of negativity around us. It can be hard to stay hopeful at times, but you are one of the most hopeful and positive people I know. So I want to know where does your hope come from or what are you finding hope in right now? I think during these times, it's, it can definitely be difficult to see, see the hope and stay positive. Um, I, it's truly, I honestly, it's, it's been hard for me to see that. And I, I seem, I, I feel like I'm an optimistic person. So I, I definitely hear you on that. But um, right now, I think what brings me hope is looking around and I see, I see my friends, I see my family, I see my two little nieces who, oh my goodness, one is in a princess dress, but she has her hiking boots on on the bottom and it's the best thing because she you have to drag her in from being outside and for me I love that I it's it's just sweet how to see how the outdoors brings communities together and brings such joy and hope just by taking a moment to just take a deep breath around you and um, for me I think that's what really brings me hope is that as it harbors such community. And I think that's what we really need right now, no matter what that might look like. If it's virtually, if it's 
distance picnics, if it's phone calls, if it's anything, but I think that's what brings me hope is community. That's really beautiful and I really appreciate you taking the time to share those words and your passion with all the listeners. So thank you for all that you're doing to make the world a more sustainable place and thank you for being here today. Yes, well, thank you, Jacob, for everything and having this to be able to have these conversations with everyone. Welcome, Becca, to Hopefully Sustainable. I'm so excited that you're here today. Becca is one of the coolest people I know, and she was actually one of the very first people I met in the sustainability program at UGA. We had a class together our sophomore year called Fundamentals of Sustainable Development, and I just knew I wanted to be friends with her right from the start. So thank you for being here today, Becca. Do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Jaco. Uh, my name is Becca, as you already said. Um, right now, I'm not really in any sustainable, I'm not like doing sustainability in my career. I'm a photo editor, freelance photographer and photo editor at CNN. And um, yeah, I'm just really happy to be here and talking about one of our favorite topics and favorite lifestyle things with you. And thank you so much for having me. Yes. So something we've talked about in previous episodes is that you don't have to have sustainability in your job title to live out a sustainable life. So how do you define your sustainable lifestyle or what is something that you do that incorporates sustainability into your daily life? That's a great question. Um, I since graduating from college, I definitely haven't been around um, other people who have been as sustainable um, or just like had that in the forefront of their mind. And I have really missed that. I felt like when we were in college and when we were doing the Office of Sustainability internships, if I was and we were surrounded by other people who had those same sustainability mindset. Um, mm -hmm. And since graduating from college and not being around those people anymore, I've definitely struggled with keeping that mindset in the forefront. Um, but obviously doing little things like recycling and cutting down on um, single use items, that's kind of something that I have always been interested in, learning more about recycling, what can and can't be recycled. Um, lowering my waste, but also since moving to Atlanta, I've definitely embraced public transit a little bit more. Obviously not doing that right now as much given the pandemic, um, but also I, well, anyways, but um, definitely embracing um, public transit when where I work is right on the MARTA line. And so I'm able to walk or take the bus to my MARTA station and take Marta into and out of work. Sometimes that doesn't always work because I work in the middle of the night sometimes <laughs> and I can't take Marta at 4 a.m. Um, although I can wait and I have done that before. Um, but uh, yeah, so embracing public transit is one thing that I have started doing that I didn't really do in college that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that that's like the main thing well, I feel like with the pandemic, it's become a lot harder to be sustainable and to not use single-use plastics or single-use items. 
How has the coronavirus impacted your ability to not use single-use plastics? Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, I uh, I can't like go to Kroger and use my reusable bags unless I go through the, um, the self checkout. Self checkout, yes. <laughs> um, and also, like going to the grocery store is you know, a moderate risk. And so I can just order my groceries online, but obviously like that takes up a lot of plastic bags. So it has been a little bit discouraging to see kind of um, more waste accumulation and more single use products throughout this time. But at the same time, I've been working from home and I've been trying to um, and before this interview, I was thinking about like, okay, well, what are the ways that I have been sustainable during this time? And cutting out transportation almost entirely is probably like the biggest way, like no carbon emissions, like I'm not flying anywhere. Not that I was flying a lot of places before, but I was planning on going on a trip abroad and now I haven't. So like no carbon emissions through that. And obviously, that's kind of a global thing with everyone too. Um, not taking my car to work, not using public transit um, personally, and like the public transit has uh, decreased, although there are also problems with that because there are still people working and there are still essential workers and like they need to get to where they're going. Um, but my personal transportation use has been cut down a lot. And I think that that's like, something that isn't really a tangible thing because except for I've only like put my gas in my car maybe three times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's not as much of a tangible thing that I like can see and like think about, but well, it is something that I can think about. So um, I guess like that would be the like encouraging thing about this whole situation is that I know that I'm cutting down my personal transportation carbon emissions through this process. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who are really focused on being more sustainable have been really impacted by this coronavirus because we have really had to accept that there's certain things that we used to do before the pandemic that we just can't do anymore due to safety reasons or health reasons. So I think it is important, like you said, to focus on what we have done that has been a positive change, like how we are cutting down on carbon emissions because there's a lot less cars on the road. So even if we can't bring our reusable bags to the grocery store, let's look at the positive and say, okay, well, we're not driving to work anymore. So that's one way that I've become more sustainable than I wasn't before the pandemic. How are you remaining hopeful during this time? One way that I've been hopeful throughout the past few weeks um, is that with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, I've seen a lot of like positive intersectionality and awareness for environmental injustice and bringing up environmental issues and how they relate to the Black Lives Matter movement. I know this is not an episode about Black Lives Matter, but that's just kind of the first thing that comes to mind of like the yeah. things that I've seen and been hopeful about is more awareness for environmental justice, um, environmental like racism and stuff like that. And people bringing awareness to those issues, talking about um, how we can be like, I'm not vegan. But um, 
a lot of people in the black community don't feel like environmental issues uh, or the people who are at the forefront and speaking about environmental issues understand where they're coming from. And I think we're, we are starting to see that shift and like understanding where black indigenous people of color issues and environmental issues intersect and why it's important to have those people those voices in those in the other movements and that the intersectionality of that. Um, so I guess that's kind of how I've been remaining hopeful in these past in this past month, particularly. Um, and also with, I think people are noticing like, I mean, at least I notice it, but like with like all of the single use stuff that's been I feel like people notice it more now because they're like oh I can't I don't have this other option to like not use single-use plastic but maybe yeah, that's just a me yeah. thing like sometimes like you can like use plastic bags and you're like oh I'm just like use I don't know I maybe I'm just like hyper aware of it now because I'm having to use it so much and maybe yeah. that's just like a me thing but um like after this is all over I hope to like reduce my use a lot more and just like re and and finding like more ways to reuse items and stuff like that. Well I think that's a really good point and I've actually never thought about it that way because before the pandemic it was just so ingrained in us to bring your reusable bag, don't use single-use plastics and now we see really how impactful those choices are when you're not able to make them because it shows that even if it's something small like bringing a reusable bag, it does make a big difference because it, it adds up over time, the number of times you start doing that. And going back to what you said about the Black Lives Matter movement, I've seen a lot on social media about how we can't talk about sustainability without talking about environmental justice or environmental racism. So I think it's really incredible to see all of these Black Indigenous people of color who are coming to the forefront and having their voices be heard and just seeing all the di diversity that is being shown in the sustainability community because mm -hmm. being sustainable is for everyone, not just for certain groups of people. So I think that's a really great place to find hope right now. Yeah. And thank you, Becca, for all that you're doing in the news community. I'm sure that it can be very hard at times, but we appreciate you getting the news out to all of us. And thank you so much for being here today and for being so supportive of me. And I'm glad that we are friends. <laughs> oh, Jacob, I'm so proud of you. And thank you for like doing this podcast. It's really been like a highlight of my week to listen to it every week. And I'm just so proud of you. And I'm so like honored to be on the podcast. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for being you. Welcome, Nicole. I'm so excited that you're here today. Nicole is one of the most down-to-earth, just beautiful souls that I've ever met, and I'm so honored that she is able to be on the podcast today. Nicole, thank you so much. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell all the listeners who you are? Sure, but those are exactly the things that I think about you, Jaco, so <laughs> I'm honored. I met Jaco working at the Office of Sustainability at the University of Georgia, where I was a communications intern. Um, we really bonded over how it was one of the most fulfilling experiences of our college career. 
I'm currently in the Black Hills of South Dakota, which is like this green spot in the middle of a big, a big state of South Dakota with a lot of hills and rivers. So I'm really enjoying the nature out here, but I miss, you know, being back in Georgia with my friends like Jaco. So I'm excited to be here and get back talking about sustainability again. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. What do you do now in South Dakota? So I'm working remotely for a startup that's based in Washington, D.C. So I recently moved from D.C. out to South Dakota because of coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And my title is a growth operations analyst. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've already seen so many places (laughs) since graduating. So that's really cool. (laughs) And I'm excited to come see you in South Dakota because I've never been there before. Yes, I please come visit. (laughs) So what is one way that you're being sustainable during this time? I know you've had a lot of changes with moving to South Dakota and everyone going to work from home. So what is one way you're being sustainable and has the pandemic affected your ability to be sustainable? I think the pandemic has strangely enhanced my ability to be sustainable. Interesting. It's kind of erased a lot of the distractions and the illusions of control that I used to have over aspects of my life that I would focus on, like what I'm going to do on the weekend or um, what's happening physically in the office at work. And so with those distractions lessened, I've just kind of been alone with myself and with nature. And I've been able to focus more on what I really want in life and what makes me happy and through kind of becoming more mindful I think the day-to-day actions that I take have been more sustainable and the way that I interact with other people I think it's kind of spreading more positive energy than I was before the pandemic and I think through that it's kind of creating a more sustainably like peaceful state of being. So I haven't been recycling more (laughs) or anything like that. (laughs) But I think that my like awareness of life is way more like fertile grounds for sustainable living than it was when I was in a big city. And there are lots of distractions. I think you bring up a really interesting point because when we think about sustainability a lot of the time, I think we think about the environmental component and like you said, recycling or reducing our waste. But there's also this social component to sustainability in making sure that as individuals, we're taking care of ourselves to be sustainable and to be with these communities of people and interact with all different individuals around us. So I think that's a really interesting awareness that the pandemic has brought for you. So thank you for bringing up that point. Do you have any advice for anyone during this time on how to be more alone with ourselves and our thoughts or how to become more grounded in nature like you mentioned? So I think it's a really interesting time because during this pandemic, there's a lot of fear and anxiety and unpleasant emotions coming up. 
And when you have really intense emotions like that, it's kind of an opportunity to become aware of them. Um, whereas before they might've bubbled beneath the surface with all of the distractions. So what's helped me has been going out into nature without my phone and just kind of looking around at what is in the moment and feeling the fear and the anxiety kind of flowing through me, but not letting it just kind of be trapped in me and just kind of mm -hmm. trying to accept the way that the global situation is instead of feeling resistance about it. Yeah. Um, so I guess being in nature and seeing things just kind of the way that they are has helped me accept the way that the world is right now and the way that I fit into it and the things that I can't control. Yeah, that's really amazing. And I know a lot of people, just like you mentioned, are feeling a lot of fear and anxiety during these times because for once we really can't control our environment or our situation. So I want to know, how are you remaining hopeful during these times? Or is there something that you've found hope in lately? Yes, yeah, so not having the control or losing the illusion of control over a lot of things has allowed me to see more clearly what I do have control over and just allowed me to see more clearly what's always there, which is the aliveness and just like beingness of who I am and how I'm connected to nature and to other people. So that has kind of risen to the surface as the things that I can't control have, um, I've released, tried to release the things that I can't control. So I think it's an opportunity for other people to maybe do the same. Yes, so releasing what we can't control and being present with ourselves and the world around us. I think that's really great advice for everyone during these times. And the other thing that's pretty cool to think about is, at least for me, the times when I've experienced the most growth have been also the most painful, tumultuous times. Like the most hopeless times are times that I wouldn't trade for anything. And so I think right now is a could be an opportunity for a lot of um, growth, as difficult as it is. Um, and I think that comes with awareness from what I've observed so far. Yeah, so we can always find hope even in the darkest time. Yeah, yeah, because there's always, you're always connected to other people, even through a distance. Um, you're always connected to nature and you're always like this you know, beautiful alive being with like a purpose and that nothing can ever take that away from you. Well, that is a really beautiful way to end it. I love that. And I think we all could use just a little more time alone to become more grounded and interact with nature and realize how connected we all truly are to each other. I think that's a really great thing to think about. So thank you so much, Nicole, for being here today and for sharing your beautiful words with all the listeners. Thank you. It's been really fun to talk about this. Thanks for listening to today's episode. 
If you want to learn more about today's guest or just say hello, check out the show notes and find us on Instagram at hopefully sustainable pod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As you finish this episode, remember that we are all on a personal journey to make the world a better place, but it's all about progress, not perfection. Until next time, stay hopeful and stay sustainable.